2: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by
1: Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the
2: puck. Welcome into a full fledged and full of fun edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me tonight, making his triumphant return to the podcast after three days of partying from our party at Rabbit Brewing, is Homewood's Pride and Joy, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, we can say a lot of things about you, that you have a great beard, that you're a handsome bastard, but the biggest thing we want to say right now is you're pretty good at throwing parties and events, too, man. That was a really good time on Tuesday night, and it was for a really good cause.
1: Yeah, we've been talking to our listeners uh, over the last month or so uh, about our puck cancer event at Rabbit Brewing, probably more than a month, actually. Uh, We finally had it on the 27th, last Tuesday, uh, with the ass kicking by the Vegas Knights in the background. But uh, with that event alone, we raised uh, $3,800 with tickets sold, with uh, food sold, with everything that happened at Rabid. And then the stuff we earned this summer from our GoFundMe donors has us well over uh, $4,000. So that money is on its way to Andy Garcia. I actually deposited the cash the next morning because I hate having that much cash on me. I had like twelve hundred dollars in cash on me, so I had to go and get rid of that right away. Send it to Andy. Now once the credit card and uh, InventPrite clear and hit the bank, we'll transfer to him then. But thank you to everybody that came out. Thank you to everybody that donated, and uh, it was just a great time. And Josh Edler, by the way, is the winner of our online grand prize, which was the two ga- two tickets against the Canadians and a Patrick Kane signed puck, Corey Crawford signed shirt picture and Winter Classic shirt. So congrats to him as well. And our next event is already on the horizon. Save the date, January 20th, an outing with the Chicago Wolves. Those details will come next week, but mark that down. Uh, we're going to have an outing with the Wolves on the 20th. Who
2: were they playing that night? Do you happen to know?
1: The Milwaukee Admirals.
2: Ah, screw the Admirals. No one likes them. Exactly. You know what? They should have never moved from Norfolk. Oh, wait.
1: Yeah, there's two Admirals in the league at the same time. <laughs> Good stuff.
2: I gotta love the AHL. Got got that NCAA thing going where they're are like 400 Wildcats and 20 Bulldogs and all that stuff. Screw unique names. We got what we need here.
1: That's gonna be fun. It was a lot of fun last year. People loved it. Uh, about 50 of us headed out to uh, Rosemont, taking a Wolves game. We met some of the front office before the game. All sat together, took in the game. It was really an awesome time. So save that date. January 20th but uh, again thanks for everyone that came out to Rabid what an awesome time Uh, but let's get to it here we have a problem a hockey problem on our hands Uh, the Blackhawks are not very good Um, to me the body language looks like several of these guys are just not interested in contributing or playing hard and the troubling part of that is almost all those guys are core members of this team guys that have been here for a long time I see Patrick Kane disinterested I see Duncan Keith disinterested, and if those two guys are not going to give a crap about the season, I don't know why you or why or how, you can expect fans to give a crap about the season.
2: Uh, yeah, I noticed you had posted on Twitter uh, last night during the Winnipeg game specifically that the Blackhawks were kind of going through the motions at some points. I thought that there was some element of that, but I also thought that like there were some guys who were still fighting and clawing and doing everything they can to get back in the game. I mean, they were down. Six to three in the third period, and that thing looked as good as over. And then all of a sudden the Blackhawks scored two goals and they were right back in it and they had some good possessions down the stretch. Their possession numbers were excellent last night, which you can kind of figure is gonna happen on a night that you're kind of chasing it and you're trying to get back into a game, but I still thought that there was some credit to be given to some of the guys, especially some of the younger guys last night that they did keep fighting and they did make that more of a game than it probably deserved to be. The other the other night against Vegas, though, man, that was just a brutal exhibition, and I frankly had more fun watching the YouTube videos of sumo wrestling afterward than I did watching the actual game because... It's just it's the same thing that we've kept harping on over and over again. It's the careless turnovers. It's the inability to win puck battles in the corners. It's the terrible starts that they've been getting off to in games. I mentioned on the podcast last night that the Blackhawks have been outscored 13 to 3 in their last five first periods. That's not good. You can't keep putting yourself behind the eight ball, especially when you've already got a defense that's as porous as the Blackhawks is. You have to start trying to get out in front and try to get that goal machine going so that you can potentially, you know, get out in front and win these games. But there's just there's so many things right now that are just going so poorly. So many players who are not living up to their contracts, they're not playing well enough. So many veteran guys like you said who are just making some really careless mistakes. I thought Jonathan Tabes's defensive positioning on a couple of plays last night was really bad. His positioning on the Nikolai Ehlers goal, the second one he scored in the game was just atrocious. He was basically in Corey Crawford's crease when he's supposed to be between the faceoff dots to kind of seal off that lane on the ice. It's just, it's so many little things and so many veteran guys who just are not living up to the standards that they've set over the years, that it kind of buries, unfortunately, some of the really solid play we've seen from some of these young guys and kind of takes that away and makes the kind of mistakes more of the narrative.
1: Yeah, and, and you're totally right about that. And, and another thing that I want to point out, and I know that um, I have uh, implored fans to be patient with Jeremy Cowden. I think he's in a really weird situation. It's kind of a no-win situation for him. Uh, he's given a bad roster. Uh, he's replacing a legend. He's in a tough spot. Uh, but one thing that Joel Quenville used to do that I've not seen Cowden do, I mean he's obviously doing it, but just not nearly to the level of obsession that Quenville is, is the line matchups. That line with Patrick Line on it last night was a what were they a plus eleven or a plus no. They had nine points. That line had nine points because they wanted to be matched up against Patrick Kane's line. And they just dominated that entire game. Nine points. That line was a minus 11. Kane, DeBrinket, and uh, Strom. Yeah. You know, and, and Q, back in the day, we used to kind of make fun of it. Like, okay, geez, like, you're really obsessive about these line matchups. Well, now you sort of see why. These teams try to expose that. And I think Q always did a good job of it. But aside from that, look, that that's the sort of thing that you get with time with experience you get better at it. and I think Cowden will get better at that on the positive note with Cowden I think he was really strong in his post-game comments yesterday he didn't rant he didn't flip over a table as far as we know but he basically said like look no more excuses I'm not new anymore these players need to be better we need to be better. All of us need to be better. And it's got to change today. And I like the fact that he went out there and just sort of laid it down that way. He's not giving himself the excuse of being the new guy or being young. No, he knows that this team has to be better. They have to play better. And Eddie Olchek last night during the game said, the stuff you're seeing, this is not a system issue. This is not an issue of Jeremy Counten's, uh what he's trying to do isn't working. That's not the case. And, and look, you and I were critical of Eddie, and, and probably more fully than Eddie, of being overly critical of Kaladin early. That was not the case last night. That's what Eddie is saying. It is not the system, it's the players making brain dead mistakes. You've got Eric Gustafson in the third period of a two goal game at the time, or was it maybe it was a, it was a two goal game? Make a back and forth pass with Brent Seabert that's intercepted and leads to a breakaway.
2: For line A, yeah.
1: Yeah, situational awareness. Who's on the ice against you? What is the risk-reward of this play? They've got to be smarter. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Cowden is not going out there every morning for the morning skate and saying, make dumb plays or play at 70% intensity. That's not him. That's the players. And until the players decide to buy in, this is what it's going to look like. And they might be upset about Quinville. They might be sad that their buddy's gone. You know what? They've got no one to blame but themselves. They're the ones who got them that got themselves into this situation. They're the ones that need to get themselves out of it. Jeremy Cowden's not going anywhere. Stan Bowman's not going anywhere. It's time for everybody to suck it up, move on, and play hockey. This team is not as bad as they're playing. They're not as good as they started, but this is not a bad team. This is not a basement-dwelling team. They're playing like one of the worst teams in the league right now. They need to pull their heads out of their asses and fix it.
2: Um, I agree to a point with what you just said about them not being as bad as their low or as good as their high watermark so far. But I did want to point out when you brought up Eddie Olchek, I had to chuckle a little bit because I think what ended up happening was he was so critical of the Blackhawks players that they ended up cutting off his mic and making it a TSN
1: broadcast for like the second half of the game, basically. <laughs> good, good going uh, NBCSN. They were really rolling last night. You know what, you though? you notice I'm it, blacked really... out. it blacked out every time the Jets scored. Yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> just. I imagine, like, John McDonough, like the guy in uh, Airplane who unplugs the runway. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, There's John man. McDonough.
2: I just watched that movie the other night, so that's a great uh, reference by you. But I, I did think that uh, TSN, it was nice of them to allow the Blackhawks to use their feet. It was a lot better than having to sit there looking at an NBC logo and listening to a radio broadcast. Like, I thought... I always and I am I marvel at those guys being able to do that on the fly. I think that's cool. But we're not going to get into like the ins and outs of TV media and all that. We're we are going to talk a little bit about what you said about them not being as bad as their low and not being as good as their high. I agree with that to a point. But I think the one thing that we do have to keep in mind here is simply the fact that this defense Gustav Forsling and Connor Murphy are not saving this defense. This is a bad defense. They are going to give up a lot of goals. They are slow. They're bad. They're fundamentally unsound. And that goes for pretty much everybody across the board, with maybe the exception of Henry Yokoharyu. I can't really obviously pin anything on him yet. He's looked solid to me. Like, he's still obviously got some developing to do. But I pretty much can say that, like, there are at least three or four other guys on that defense who are just playing bad right now. And that includes guys like Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. It's not like they're having a real good time of it lately. Those guys have been rough watches and, I think when your defense is that bad and you're having to rely so heavily on guys like Eric Gustafson and Gustav Forsling and Henry you, it's a really bad sign for your team. And that maybe is leading to some of this kind of pressing and making mistakes at the blue line and bad passes and stuff, but you can't excuse it. Like you can say like, yeah, that's kind of why it's happening, but you still cannot make the plays that they've been making. Even if that's the case, they've got to realize that they're just putting pressure on themselves. They're just making it difficult on themselves. And until they can kind of get that through their heads. And I think that's part of what Jeremy Colleton is kind of having to deal with right now is they just have to play smart because playing dumb and scared is no way to go through the NHL. And they just flat out need to be smarter and they need to be putting out better efforts, especially early in games.
1: Look, we knew that there were going to be stretches of the season that, that looked like this, maybe not this bad, But we knew there were going to be some defensive problems. But what we did not count on was Duncan Keith pouring gasoline on the fire on an almost nightly basis. Like, I don't know if he's lost a step, and he's just the last one to find out. Like, he's the last guy to realize that he's lost a step. But he, every night, there is some critical error by Duncan Keith that is costing them a goal, it seems. It's just, it's unacceptable. Like, you need... These veteran guys, even if they're beyond their prime, mature enough mentally to adapt your game and play differently. Look, when Chris Chelios went to the Detroit Red Wings, he was not the same player he was when he was on the Blackhawks, right? But he went and found a way to play another, what, 10 years of hockey at an effective level by adapting his game. He played a different way. I lost a step. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I don't score like I used to, so instead I'm going to work on A, B, C, D, E and keep myself an effective player. No, he was not a Norris Trophy candidate, but he also wasn't a dumpster fire on ice, and that's what Duncan Keith has been lately. Every time I look up and the other team's scoring, there's number two, and it's (laughs) that cannot happen if this team's going to have a chance in hell to do anything, to even sniff a playoff spot. If Duncan Keith is among your worst defensemen, you just got to throw your hands up. If that's the case, if this is how it's going to be, it is absolutely 100% time for a full rebuild.
2: A full rebuild that we have kind of gone into detail before on why it would be so difficult and nearly impossible to just simply pull the trigger and execute it right away. It would be a long and arduous process. And I think when we get back from our uh, first break, we can probably talk about that a little bit. But I also want to stick to Jeremy Colliden a little bit because he can say all the things that he wants after games. Like, that's all well and good. But some of his in-game strategy has been kind of interesting, too. And I think it kind of fits what he was talking about last night and kind of going after his team a little bit. And I do want to get into that as well
1: sounds great let's take our first time out we want to thank our first ever sponsor triple threat sports for all of their help with our puck cancer broadcast supplied t-shirts for us to sell on site created our beautiful banner came up with uh the stan makita signed jersey that went to the grand prize winner uh he also donated a bunch of signed photos and pucks that i actually forgot to give away so we're going (laughs) to have those at our next charity event um Thank you to Chris Hubble. Thank you to Triple Threat Sports. We've told you about them for years, but if you need an authentic jersey, lettered, numbered, whatever, Triple Threat Sports is the place. But also, if you've got a team, you got a softball team, a uh, volleyball team, whatever, Chris will hook you guys up with the best-looking jerseys. You'll be the best-looking team in the league. Hit them up, triplethreatsports.com, or send them an email at chris at triplethreatsports.com, 708-478-6090. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with a brand new feature on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
2: Welcome back into this full edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are talking about some of the good that we've seen in recent games, but unfortunately still quite a bit of bad that we're kind of having to slog through, and we obviously appreciate you guys sticking with us as we kind of talk through our feelings a little bit about the Blackhawks, but. I do want to get into something that I noticed last night that I would actually argue is a positive. And that's Jeremy Colladin not being kind of a prisoner of the contracts that the team has given out, the veteran presence that's on this team. It's kinda of, it was interesting to me last night watching the final two minutes or so of the hockey game where the Blackhawks were trying to get a goal. They were down six to five. I don't know if you noticed which defensemen were on the ice when that was going on. But it really stood out to me. Those two defensemen were Eric Gustafson and Gustav Forsling. It was not Duncan Keith. It was not Brent Seabrook. It wasn't a veteran. It was these young guys who have been doing such a good job lately of kind of pushing the Blackhawks offense and have been handling the puck well and driving possession and doing all those little things right. And yeah, there is a possibility that those guys can make a defensive miscue and they can end up in the back of an empty net. But I still thought it was really interesting that Jeremy Colliden went with not just the vet guys. He actually went with the guys who probably gave them the best opportunity to move the puck and score a goal. And I really thought that it was awesome to see that. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Jeremy Colliden kind of deploying his troops like that.
1: I like that. And I wrote about it today for 670thescore.com if you want to check out our anything james or i write go to madhousepod.com go to the contact section and you will see all the columns and blogs that we write um it might be time to bench a veteran and cowden sort of alluded to that last night that it might be something he considers and the one i think maybe the benefit of one of the benefits of firing joel quenville is that cowden doesn't feel this loyalty to these veterans they have to earn their playing time like anybody else And, yeah, I think in years past, you give them a benefit of the doubt. But the stuff I've seen, look, Troy Murray last night on a broadcast mentioned it several times. Patrick Kane's body language is not good. He looks frustrated. Well, we're frustrated too, but that's the dude who should carry you out of this stuff. He's the one who should be putting the team on his back and doing what he can to help them win instead of pouting. And I don't know if he's pouting about his line mates. I don't know if he's pouting about... The overall state of the team or if he's pouting about Joel Gwenville being gone but he's definitely pouting and it, it's it's frustrating that your star player you know he's got to be the one who leads by example and i know he's never had a letter on his chest unless someone's been hurt whatever look you're almost 30 years old you have uh, been an all-star several times you've got three stanley cups a con Smythe, an mvp Just play like it play like a leader Step up and show your leadership, not to mention your $10 million contract, right? And you know, like, look, people that listen to this podcast, and James, you know this about me, I'm not a big, like, try harder guy. Like, I think most of the time, that's BS. Most of the time, when guys look like they're not trying, they're just like, things aren't working out, or they're in a slump, or whatever. I genuinely believe that the effort level of Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith has gone down. And, and it's scary, and it sucks, and it's kind of infuriating, to be honest with me. You want, you know, this coach deserves a fair chance. It's not his fault that Joel Quenville got fired and he replaced him. Jeremy Colliden has nothing to do with that. He didn't do it. He didn't pull the trigger. Look, if I was offered to head coach the Blackhawks, I'd say, you're insane. But, yes, I'd be happy to do it. I'll give it a <laughs> shot. Um, Jeremy Colliden is the coach. These players, I said it last segment, these players have to get used to it. They've got to deal with it, and they've got to move on and play like the professionals they are. And until I start seeing that, I'm going to call it out. I'm sorry. I'm going to yeah. call it out. Everybody wants to, you know, today I spent a lot of time on on Twitter talking to people about Stan Bowman and Dale Talon, and, like, the same old thing. Look, whatever you think of Stan Bowman, he's here. He's here for the foreseeable future. Drop it, move on, and let's focus on what's here now and like it's it's crazy the way that these players get let off the hook by fans you know it's it's yes the roster is not great we have acknowledged that time and time and time again but the guys that are being paid to be great and have been great in the past and have shown signs of greatness this year are the ones that are hurting you most and to me that's that's a huge huge issue and to me that's not well Jeremy Collins' message isn't getting through, it's this veteran has decided to not listen to the new head coach. My issue there is with the player and not the coach.
2: Yeah, and I think that we've said repeatedly that we are advocating patience with Jeremy Colleton with good reason. I mean, obviously he's still a new coach in the NHL, whatever it is that he says. I mean, he's still 33 years old, he's still kind of learning the ropes, doing all that stuff, but there is a certain point where the guys just need to start executing better and they need to kind of get his vision kind of out onto the ice. And I have been very impressed with the way that some of the young guys have stepped up since Colladen kind of came up and kind of gave him a shot and really started using them in a variety of situations and all that good stuff. And like you said, just, it seems like some of the veterans just are not, They're not quite buying in yet, and I don't know whether that's simply a factor of age or whatever it is, but... There are some guys, like you said, that have been standing out and just have not been buying. There are veterans who are guys like Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taves do seem like they're kind of in that boat where they're still pushing hard. They're still doing all those things. But it just really sucks that the effort level of those other guys is kind of overshadowing some of these better stories that we could be spending, you know, our time and our podcast talking
1: about. Well, let's take a break for some positivity, shall we?
2: yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And it was, honestly, it was in the back of my mind. I was hoping that this was what you were going to do.
1: The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Yes, the three stars of the week are brought to you by our star realtor Michael Elwood serving the Chicagoland area with Remax First Service. Give him a call for all your needs. Uh, he is on our website, madhousepodcom sponsors. He will hook you up. He is the guy that sold me my house, made the process of a first time home buyer very easy, very smooth. Michael Elwood, 708 675 1600. He's at Remax First Service, again, serving the Chicagoland area. He also offers notary services. So, New segment, three stars of the week. We're also going to do three stars of the game after every game. uh, I will kick it off, James. I think number three star of the week has been David Kampf. Uh, Four points in his last three games and a plus four. Really good game last night. Liked what that line brought uh, to the game against the Jets.
2: Yeah, I talked a lot last night on the uh, post-game show for those that tuned in about – just how much I love what David Camp is not only doing with the stuff that we knew he could do, kind of like going in, winning some puck battles, getting to the front of the net. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him in other areas too. Like I've really liked some of the elusiveness that he's shown. He had a great play last night to kind of move through traffic. He's been doing that a lot lately, I've noticed. His speed is also kind of deceptive too. Like obviously when you're facing that line and you're having to go up against – Excuse me, Dominic Cahoon. You're gonna have to really kind of buckle down and focus on slowing him down. And David Camp has been taking advantage of that space and those opportunities that. He's been getting and I thought that was a really uh, interesting thing watching him last night, just doing all of those little things right. And frankly, that entire line last night was just an absolute joy to watch. They were all well over 70 percent Corsi. They had a ton of possession last night. Really liked what I saw out of John Hayden, even though I know he's been getting some flack lately on social media about maybe not being as good as some fans crack him up to be. I still like what I saw out of him last night. And then Dominic Kahoon who just has all this speed to burn. He got to the front of the net last night, and he cleaned up a rebound. I think all of those guys on that line are kind of feeding into each other, and they're just kind of generating some momentum. And I think it all starts with David Camp, who's really been kind of a jack-of-all-trades on that line, and I definitely think he's a worthy third star of the week.
1: Our number two star goes to Gustav Forsling with three points in his last three games and five points in his eight games overall. Uh, He's come into the lineup and has really just been uh, pretty solid top to bottom. There's been some mistakes, made a big glaring mistake last night, but he's still a young defenseman learning on the job. I think overall I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Forsling so far.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. There are some times where he does make some mistakes. He had a bad turnover last night, and there are times he's going to make some defensive miscues. But I think overall, the fact he was on the ice last night with the game on the line kind of tells you everything you need to know about him. I think that he's a guy that the Blackhawks offense is really looking to to kind of spark things, and he has been doing that since he came into the lineup coming off of injury. And frankly, I don't think his defense has been all that bad this season. I think that he's had, obviously, some moments here and there where you kind of are just like, oh, God. But I think that ends up being part of the package with him. And I think that his offensive ability makes up for whatever defensive shortcomings he has. And I hope that Blackhawks fans in the front office can kind of still remain patient with him because it takes so long to really get a feel for how to be a defenseman in this league and kind of how how to be a good two-way player and I still think there is a possibility that he can end up being that for the Blackhawks and I hope they give him the time to kind of come through and kind of develop in that way
1: all right that leads us to our number one star of the week one of the veterans that is not sort of folded up and quit Brandon sod one goal and three assists in his last five games uh, it's been kind of steady since that Tampa Bay blowout loss, the first one, uh, when Brandon <laughs> Sod has sort of had a rebirth a little bit. And he's remained consistent, he's remained effective, and a really solid week for Sod. I think the last two games are tough to really evaluate anybody, but Saad yeah. up until that point had been pretty solid. And I do like what I've seen from him uh, as the season's gone on here.
2: Well, I mean, you were talking earlier about some of the veteran guys that you can kind of question the effort of and you can definitely point some fingers there. There's no way in hell right now you can point a finger at Brandon Sod and say that that guy is not busting his butt every single night. Brandon Sod has been very noticeable on the ice in a very good way for the last couple of weeks. Honestly, like it was a game or two after Joel Quenville had scratched him. I feel like that's kind of when everything finally started to click for Saad. started kind of slowly making his way back up the lineup. And I think the Blackhawks have been really pleased with his performance of late and it's hard to blame them. He's been very strong in those games. And I think that he's been the undisputed veteran leader at times on the ice. Yeah. Jonathan Tabes has been having a really you know, solid run of things as, of play as well lately. But every time Brandon Saad is on the ice lately, I'm noticing all of the little things that he does. And I love the way he just is always busting his hump on both ends, like defense and offense. It honestly looks like the Brandon Saad of vintage, like 2014, 2015. And it's been really good to see In an, in a time when there's a lot of kind of dark spots for the Blackhawks and a lot of things that we're not really enjoying watching. That has been something that's been really good
1: all right the three stars of the week has been brought to you by michael elwood of remax first service 708-675-1600 michael welcome uh happy to have you as part of the podcast here uh again all of our sponsors are people we know people we uh you know businesses we visit uh and people that are local and support us and uh, michael not only did he help me buy my house in homewood he was also the first sponsor to show up at our event at Rabbit brewing on Tuesday, he was there the whole time, spent a bunch of money on raffle tickets. So, Michael, thank you for being part of the show. Michael Elwood, REMAX First Service, 708-675-1600. He was there with us at Rabbit Brewing. And, James, I've talked about Rabbit uh, for a long time here since they've joined us uh, last month. I want to get your take, your first experience at Rabbit Brewing. Uh, I know you, as soon as you walked in, you said, where's the beer? And you <laughs> had it the whole night. Uh, tell the people what you were drinking, what you enjoyed, and, and about the atmosphere at Rabbit Brewing.
2: Well, Jabe, lest you make me look like an alcoholic, I would like to point out that I did get slightly drunk on Tuesday night, but I felt like I was a very classy, insane individual anyway. But enough about my personal life and my affinity for alcohol. I... Was honestly blown away by the hospitality that we were shown at uh, Rabid Brewing. I got to take a little bit of a quick tour of the facility. All of the people there were super awesome. Mike, the bartender, was just absolutely a delight all night. Had me try several different beers. I personally loved the Azazel Juicy Double IPA. I definitely hit that up a couple of times. I got the Snake Eyes a few times. There's just a, such a wide variety of beer at that place. They have Russian Imperial Stouts. They've got your Double IPAs. They've got your Hefeweizens. They've got your Lagers. They just literally have anything that your palate could possibly desire. And everything was so fresh and so good and they were always so like happy when you enjoyed it like that was the thing that really stood out to me the most was the pride that everybody there at Rabbit Brewing took in their work and it was just a great experience i came home with three three crowlers big giant cans of beer got a brand new uh, sticker on my beer fridge at home just a great experience at Rabbit. And frankly, I can't wait to get back up there again. And I will go up there for a sumo night. And I will be letting you know, Jay, when I decide to do
1: that. All right. Well, the time came for James, and the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Ho- Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. Thank you to- so much to Ray and Tobias at Rabbit for hosting our puck cancer event. I cannot wait to go back to Rabbit. I'm going to go there this weekend. Damn it. I've earned it. You're a
2: fortunate man.
1: Let's take another break. Come back. We're going to get some final thoughts, hit the email of the show, and then wrap things up on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red,
0: white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy limitless possibilities with over 100 million available color combinations and bose personal plus system in the boldly new 2021 nissan kicks bose is the registered trademark of the bose corporation color combinations include interior and exterior colors customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating nissan dealer see dealer for details
1: Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski and James Neveau here with you on this lovely Friday evening. Uh, Marishkas, Crest Hill, one of our favorite sponsors, donated the most popular prize to our puck cancer event, a top-shelf liquor basket and a $50 gift card. That particular raffle bucket was overflowing all night. Great prize. Thank you to Marishkas for donating. They're family-owned and operated since 1933 Got to go out there last week. Of course, I had the poor boy. I considered something else, but I'm like, no. I made it all, all this way. I'm getting a damn poor boy, and I did. <laughs> Joe gave me and Hope and Addie a tour of the kitchen. What a remarkable place Marishka's is. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your friends. You owe it to your family to go out, visit Mariska's, have a poor boy, have the twice-baked potato. Oh, my God. That's to die for. Everything there, though, is terrific. They got a great craft beer menu, steaks, chopped seafood, everything marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s they are closed only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving so go see our friends out there at marishkas and crest hill
2: yeah they are obviously super delicious i absolutely love going there every single time and literally whenever you bring them up i get jealous because i know that you've been there more recently than me and, frankly, I need to get back there.
1: I got yelled at by Joe, by the way. He, uh, For what? He texted me out of the blue, and he goes, hey, uh, mac and cheese is not a menu item. And I'm like, what? The last what? time I was there, I had some of the best mac and cheese I've ever had. He's like, yeah, that's, like, just a Lent special. And I felt bad saying something, so I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. But I just want to tell you, I'm like, dude, the mac and cheese is killer. It should be there every night. Today, text me a picture, mac and cheese.
2: Yes. See? <laughs> so, That's the kind of power we have in this podcast is we get our sponsors to do stuff like that. Well, at least
1: for one night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to bring up uh before we wrap things up. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's a lot of people are asking about Dylan Secura it is a time to bring him up. Scoring has been uh not great. Uh, you know, they haven't been scoring at the clip we'd hoped and he's a guy that projects to the top 6 and uh, the more I kind of think about it, I, I don't really think it's time for him yet. Here's why. Um, first of all, it's a zero defense, right? <laughs> Dylan Secure is yes. coming up. He's not playing defense. It's just not – and it's not a lack of willingness. He's just not ready for NHL defense yet. Um, the other thing, if he's here because of that, he has to be a top-line player, right? He's got to be – a guy that plays in the top six, you can't put him in a checking line role. And while his offense might add things and maybe you give him some power play time and uh, you know he helps out there, I just don't think it's quite time yet for Dylan Secura. I think he's close. I think it might be coming. But I, if I had to bet who the next call-up is for the Hawks uh, uh, as far as forwards go, I would say it's probably Victor Edsel over Dylan Secura.
2: Um, I would – agree with you in that aspect. Uh, I have been noticing a few different uh, folks who cover the Rockford ice hogs, notably Greg Boyson, formerly of let's go Hawks and second city hockey, and just been a Blackhawks blogger forever. He's down covering Rockford this season. And he's even pointed out that Dylan Sakura probably just isn't ready to play defense at the NHL level. And it's like, excuse me. It's exactly like what you said. It's, he has to be able to do that at least to a degree. Otherwise, he has to play top six minutes. And if you bring up a guy and he can't contend with the speed right away coming into the NHL and be able to play those top six minutes, there's nowhere for him to go. And then you're not doing his development any favors, and you might as well just send him back down. So I, I've i been on this bandwagon that I kind of just want to see what Sakura's got. I kind of want him to make his way up here, but... If it ends up coming down to bringing him up or bringing up Victor Edsel, I definitely am leaning towards the latter because I personally think that Victor Edsel should be up here and he should be playing every night. Like, I just, yeah. I like his game. I like what he does on the ice and I want to see him up here.
1: Uh, I like that you mentioned uh, Greg Boyson. We should have Greg on the podcast soon, by the way. Um, I was actually talking to him on Twitter today and he said. This is a quote from Greg Boyson. He says, I want Secure to succeed, but it's hard to imagine that happening from what I've seen in Rockford this year. The skill is there, but he won't go between the dots. Perimeter players can score in the, in the AHL, but not so much in the show. And he's totally right. Ooh. Follow Greg Boyson, by the way, at Greg Boyson, B O Y S E N. Really great. First of all, great dude. Second of all, knows his hockey and is all over uh, the, the Rockford Ice Hawks this year. So check him out. But yeah, that's, I mean, Look, there's already en- enough passengers on this team at yeah. this moment. Uh, and I'm not saying Secura sucks or he's a bust or anything like that. I just think that he's, mu- much like Gustav Forsling, maybe better off learning the ropes at the minor league level than working his way up uh, you know, a little more slowly than maybe they would have hoped. Uh, but, yeah, if he's going to play on a perimeter, he's not going to play in the NHL.
2: Got to agree with you on that, and uh, it's just it's one of those things that I think he still ends up getting a call up at some point before the end of the season, but just not quite sure when that's going to be at this point based on the way he, that he's been performing uh, at the AHL level. Before we get to the email of the show, which I personally know you love picking and you love hyping up our listeners and the great stuff that they have I do want to give you one hot take here, just one Ooh. quick little one, quick little hot take. Are you ready for it?
1: <laughs> I was born ready. As I, Tom Wilson ear.
2: is a freaking idiot.
1: There's your hot take. Wow. I don't
2: know if I don't know if people are gonna w- listen to this podcast after checking out the replay of the dopey hit that he put on a Devils player tonight literally the puck had been gone for about two or three seconds by the time bumbling Tom Wilson rolled through the zone and drilled the guy in the back. And then the back of the head immediately was given a match penalty for that headshot. And all I can really say about it is boy, am I glad they reduced his suspension. There's just a guy who just, he can't catch a break Jay. It's always, <laughs> he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's so unfortunate to see Sorry, I I
1: vomited from my sarcasm. That was pretty good vomit. Um, by the way, the thing about him is he's a good player. Stop being an asswipe. You're hurting. He's a your good team. player that plays like a moron. Right. Stop. Quit being a pud. You pud. I got
2: <laughs> yeah, pud.
1: I'm tired. I'm <laughs> hopped up on goofballs right now. This yeah. this friggin bronchitis. By the way, I have been sick since Thanksgiving uh did i tell you about the uh the jordan flu game i had my thanksgiving morning football game
2: you did not but i really hope that you're on antibiotics since you and i were in very close proximity for a lot of
1: tuesday no i'm not uh so you'll be sick soon enjoy great i'm gonna die i made sure i coughed into everybody's beer at rabid by the way yeah i
2: noticed that that was kind of rude
1: it's a good going away here you go. have a virus courtesy of jay um so yeah thanksgiving we play every morning every thanksgiving morning for the last 14 years got there like you know what I'm not feeling it I'm not feeling great I'm probably not gonna play I'm in uh boots not usually I wear cleats and I bring football gloves I was wearing boots and like just normal like fleece gloves like yeah I'm just not feeling it you know yeah I'm just gonna sit this one out but as we start warming up you know start playing catch I'm like all right screw it I'm playing even though I'm sick three touchdowns in a pick the MVP for the first time in 14 years I'm going to – hear you had your hot take about Tom Wilson. I have a hot take about me. Losing 25 pounds makes you more athletic. Who knew?
2: It makes an immediate difference, man. Like, I know that obviously slow-pitch softball is one of those things that you – don't necessarily brag about being good but i had noticed when i had lost weight that you just you feel better and you play better like there's just there is a correlation there and i need to get that weight off again maybe i should start playing uh thanksgiving uh turkey bowl with jay zoloski's friends
1: yeah i'll tell you my cousin katie she had no chance covering me anyway time for the email of the show
2: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at
1: madhousepod. That's right. The email of the show, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com, barbecue, Mexican, Cajun, cheese sticks, nachos, burgers, wings, tacos, cobblers, soups, everything. Do you like food? Do you not want to lose weight like James? <laughs>
2: go to <laughs> oh, Chuck's. Are you calling me fat Jay Zawaski? No, I said
1: you want to lose weight and maybe they don't. That's all I said. <laughs> uh, listen, Chuck's is phenomenal. Like, like we said about uh, Michael Elwood joining the show as a sponsor, this is a place that we go. This is a place that we love. Uh, Chuck's is absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you go there. Try the specials, try everything on the menu. You'll be happy. As we're doing the show here, I, I because I'm a distracted phone person, I was just looking at Instagram while James was making a point because I don't really listen, uh, and some of their specials popped up. I'm just going to randomly pick one. Give me a number between one and six. Two. Two. Okay, that's the carne asada. Allen Brothers 8 to 10 ounce prime beef, tenderloin tail, ancho chili, wild mushroom sauce, garlic mashed potatoes, green onion sautéed corn, and a side of tortillas. Come on! That is what you get every day at Chuck's. There's something like that every day. And if you're not in the mood for something that fancy, that delicious, that wonderful, go there, get a burger, get some wings, get some nachos. They're going to be awesome. Chuckscafe.com, Burbank, Darien. do it. Email of the show comes from Ben Lerman. I really enjoyed his scoring of the Romeo and Juliet That's Baz Sorry.
2: Damn it! I was going to make a Moulin Rouge joke, and you stole it.
1: Thank you. Uh, He says, all the moves Stan has made over the last year suggests he's not worried about needing to win now to save his job. Drafting Mm -hmm. 17-year-old Boquist, not going after big free agents this Mm offseason, trading Schmaltz for developing players, and more cap room next summer, it all suggests that he's confident he's going to be the Hawks' GM when these moves start to bear fruit. I think anyone who believes he's going to get fired before the end of next year is fooling themselves. I'm glad he's taking a more patient approach. Desperate and anxious is not a good mindset for a GM. Not sure his moves will work, but I respect that he's not mortgaging the future to try to save his job today. I love that email because, first of all, it's spot on. Second of all, it's not popular opinion. Clearly, Ben thought about this point and has been thinking about what's going on with the Hawks and is not just using his fury and frustration to navigate his thoughts. And I think I'm guilty of that sometimes. James, you're guilty of that sometimes. I really like that Ben took a big-picture look at what Sam Bowman's doing, and he's right. He keeps talking about patience. There's help on the way. Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell. There's guys ready to join this team in a year or two that are going to be good players and are going to make this team more competitive. And instead of going out and signing, uh, you know, Brooks orpic to make the team slightly better this year, they're going to let these kids grow, learn on the job. And while we might get frustrated watching it now and again, um, you know, I, maybe this is the way to do it. I called for a full rebuild. Signing aging veterans to make yourself slightly better is not even remodeling. That's just putting, uh, you know, band-aid on a uh, severed arm. It's just, it's not helping.
2: Well, I mean they did sign uh, Brandon Manning to a two
1: year deal, but I think mean, But he but I, mean, I I think it's not a, that's not a deal though that's like crushing you under the cap.
2: No, no, no. It's not. It's just crushing your spirit watching him play.
1: Hey man, he's making fewer <laughs> mistakes lately than Duncan Keith is.
2: Well, that's not saying much.
1: <laughs> True.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, sad. see, now we're just taking gratuitous pot shots.
1: Well here here's the deal. I'm going what is today? say the thirtieth of November I believe by the next time we do our next full-length podcast, things will be better. We won't be as angry. We won't be as fired up. The Hawks won't be playing quite as poorly. I think it'll have a better overall feel. What do you think?
2: Well, I personally think that I haven't been as fired up and as angry as you in this podcast, which is kind of a weird thing like i feel like i've been kind of more positive than you and that's not normally the way that we do things why don't we uh switch roles next time and that way i'll feel more comfortable
1: okay next time uh bring fire and passion my friends that's what the people in chicago want to hear
2: grit grit and sandpaper will be brought
1: that's exactly right well until that time comes thanks for listening to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast which has been brought to you by triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris at 708-478-6090 Mariska's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933 Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien Visit chuckscafe.com And Rabid Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological level craft ales Visit the Southland legend Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois And I almost forgot our brand new sponsor, Michael Elwood With Remax First Service, he is our star realtor 708-675-1600 Serving the Chicagoland area, give Michael a call Glad to have him aboard Glad to wrap up this full length podcast at long last. Thank you for your patience as we overcame illnesses and events and crazy crap. We'll be back with you soon on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.